Live on Mondays from 1 o'clock to 2 o'clock p.m., you're listening to The Spin Room on WGMU Radio. Listen to the great interviews. Is this Lieutenant Governor Ralph Northam on the phone? Hey, yes, Ralph, is this Eric? Yes, sir. Informative talks. A lot of protesting going on from a lot of different individuals. We just want to know what your take on that whole situation is right here. And find out ways to get involved on and off campus. We love, you know, we love all the help we're already getting from some great folks at GMU and would love to have more support there as well. Now, to the show. Here's Alexis and Eric. Welcome back, friends. We have decided that we should take some time to remember all the victims of the shooting that happened last week on Valentine's Day at 2 p.m., killing 17 people at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. Just to give some context, this is a really nice place in Florida. It's an hour north of Miami, and most of these victims are kids in high school, ranging from freshmen to seniors, but they're also students, teachers, faculty, and coaches. So we are just going to read out the names because we think that they should have that time. I think it's important that we humanize these people mm, even after that they die because this one feels a lot different. And it feels like it's staying in the news more. I agree. And I think so many of the student survivors have been so outspoken on social media, mm-hmm. on like CNN, NBC, and all the major news outlets to tell people what they want out of this mm-hmm. and to get people to not forget about this one because there is a cycle that we go through something terrible like this happens and I don't think that cycle has happened as much this time. We've been pretty close to permeating it quite a couple times. Right. But then it just rebounds back. But this one seems like it might be sticking. So we'll just have to watch how it goes and we'll keep watching because there are more events planned. Oh, absolutely. Plans that weren't planned before. Mm -hmm. But so let's just hit right into the victims because there are 17 people killed. So the first one is Alyssa Aldehef. She was 14. She was a student and soccer player for Parkland Travel Soccer. And her mother, Lori Aldehef, said, I knew at that point she was gone. I felt it in my heart. Alyssa was a beautiful, smart, talented, successful, awesome, amazing soccer player. You'll be greatly missed, Alyssa. We love you so much. You'll always, always be in our hearts. Scott Beagle, 35, a geography teacher. He was killed trying to usher students back into his classroom when the shooting broke out. One of his students said, Mr. Beagle was my hero and he will still forever be my hero. I will never forget the actions that he took for me and for his fellow students in the classroom. I'm alive today because of him. We have Martin Duke Aguiano, who was 14, and his brother actually has to suffer with him now that his younger brother has died. So they started GoFundMe, and we'll be watching that too. Nicholas Dorette was 17. He's a senior who was recruited for the University of Indianapolis swim team, and he would have been a freshman this fall. Aaron Feist, 37, assistant football coach who was killed when he threw himself in front of the students to protect them from oncoming bullets. The football program spokeswoman said he died the same way he lived. He put himself second. He was a very kind soul, a very nice man. He died a hero. Jamie Guttenberg, 14, 
Her father said, my heart is broken. Yesterday, Jennifer Bloom Guttenberg and I lost our baby girl to a violent shooting at her school. We lost our daughter and my son, Jesse, lost his sister. Hugs to all and hold your children tight. Chris Hickson, 49. He was the school's athletic director and wrestling coach. He would give students rides or lunch money and, if they needed it, open up his home to them. His wife was quoted saying, he just loved being around kids and giving back to the community. Luke Hoyer, 15. His parents said our Luke was a precious, precious child. Kara Loughran, 14. Kara danced at the Drake School of Irish Dance in South Florida. The dance studio said in a statement, Kara was a beautiful soul and always had a smile on her face. We are heartbroken as we send our love and support to her family during this horrible time. Gina Montalto, 14. She was a member of the Winter Guard on the school's marching band. And her aunt posted a tribute on Facebook describing Denise as a gifted artist. She said, I know somewhere in the heavens she's designing the latest and greatest trends and has her art book she always carried with her as well. Joaquin Oliver, who died at 17, he was known as Guac to his friends. He loved basketball, football, and the Venezuelan national soccer team, where he was born until he moved to the U.S. when he was three, and loved urban graffiti and hip-hop. His last social media post was on December 31st on Instagram, where it, was a, where it was a message to his girlfriend, where it said, Thank you, Lord, for putting a greater blessing than I could ever imagine into my life this past year. I love you with all my heart. Elena Petty, she's 14. Her family described her as vibrant and determined. She had volunteered after Hurricane Irma hit in Florida in September. She was also a member of the JROTC program at her school. Meadow was 18. She had been accepted to Lynn University in Boca Raton. Meadow was a lovely young woman who was full of energy. We were very much looking forward to her join our community in the fall, Lynn University said. Helena Ramsey, 17. Helena was a smart, kind-hearted, and thoughtful person. She was deeply loved and loved others even more so. Though she was somewhat reserved, she had a relentless motivation towards her academic studies, and her soft demeanor brought the best out in all who knew her. She was so brilliant and witty, and I'm still wrestling with the idea that she is actually gone. Her family made that statement. She was about to begin college this next year. Alex Schachter, 14, he was in the marching school band, or he was in the school marching band and orchestra playing baritone and trombone. Carmen Schintrup was 16 and was a National Merit Scholar semifinalist. One tweet said, rest in peace, Carmen. Your family is forever in my thoughts and prayers. I'm so sorry. And finally, Peter Wang, who was 15. He was in the ROTC program and his parents owned a restaurant in West Palm Beach. He was excited for Chinese New Year, which fell on Friday. He died in his junior reserves officer training corps uniform while helping fellow students get to safety. It's hard to not have him in the hallways anymore because me and him used to laugh with each other. He used to make me smile, and now he's gone. So those are the 17 victims. We really hope that we can get some sensible legislation from this mm -hmm. because we see this all the time. And what I found from Vox actually was, do you remember Sandy Hook? Absolutely. That was in December 2012, which was six years ago. And since then, there have been 1,607 school shootings since. Jeez. And that was when a gunman walked into the school in Newtown, Connecticut, in an elementary school and killed 20 children, mm. six adults, and himself. And that was when people put their foot down and said, not right. again. Never will we ever let this happen again. And yet here we are.
And since then, 1,846 people have been killed and 6,459 have been wounded. And I think this is really hitting hard because now it seems like there is a generation. And sometimes we group people into certain things such as ethnicity, what kind of games we play, what kind of hobbies we do. Mm. And it almost seems like we can group people into those that have experienced school shootings because it's so rampant now. All these kids who have grown up and all these kids that survived the shooting that are some of them getting ready to vote some of them don't even have their permit yet in order to get uh their driver's license they know this truth about america that like the school shootings have just become part of the framework it seems Mm -hmm. of this country i feel like so often now it's just we we're so desensitized to it that's just another one it's not surprising um or baffling anymore because it just happens so much but i think these kids don't want to be desensitized to it Mm -hmm. and they're already moving mountains to make sure Mm -hmm. that it doesn't continue and it's a difficult issue to approach of course but I think it's an issue that we really need to hit home now and one I was listening to the vigil of the Parkland and one of the adults said that even if their generation cannot do it if they can't solve this huge issue that's plaguing them our generation will and I think that's a huge testament because we've been standing for this for so long and waiting for something to happen and it's hard to know that you might be the next one or your family might. And sending that text. Yeah, I saw a lot of siblings who were posting the texts that they were receiving from their siblings that were at the school. I I can't even imagine, like, if I was, like, my younger brother who is in high school right now was sending me those kind of texts. It's just chilling. And we had a scare last year. It wasn't necessarily a school shooting, but we had a text that there was an active shooter on campus. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, yeah. I had a full-on anxiety attack, and I ran back to my room, especially because I remember it was the day after. uh, I don't remember what his name was, but there had been another unarmed black man that was Mm -hmm. killed by police, and it was the day after, and BSA was doing like a lion at the at North Plaza. So there are a bunch of people like lying on the ground when we got that text. Mm-hmm. So I was already, I was having so much emotion because of that lion last year. And while that was happening, we all got that te- text and people started freaking out. I was hyperventilating and just trying to run back to my room because I was like, this is not happening. Yeah. Thankfully, it was fake and it was just an ROTC drill Mm -hmm. but the mason pd had not known that it was a drill but it was really that was really scary so i can't imagine it being real yeah and we've had it in virginia schools a couple virginia schools and notably the virginia tech shooting which Mm. was a huge scare but this one seems to be really really strong and it seems to be sticking uh some notable people that i've seen on tv so often Mm. with this was david hogg who was the uh senior student who worked for the sentinel i think and he helped talk about the issue that he was facing then and then also emma gonzalez 
who helped stand up for this too. So I yes. think we really just need to keep watching this and seeing how it develops because I truly hope that we can get something done here because obviously what we've done isn't working so far. And there have been two already scheduled protests for um, in support of these victims and as a black backlash for against gun violence. The first one is on March 24th. And both of these, I have to say, have been mostly orchestrated by these high school students. Right. This is totally grassroots oriented. Yeah. It's the victims who are really trying to get a change after they've experienced such trauma, which is a huge burden already, having to know that your classmates have been killed by guns, but now mm. you are just angry about it and ready to take action. And I think that's a huge testament to their courage and their bravery from this standpoint. I know. Um, and it's also just kind of baffling that they are able to use that like anger and energy so helpfully mm -hmm. already i feel like i would already i would just a lot of people would just lash out and be destructive and that's mm -hmm. still justified i think in a way but the way that they are doing it is so noble it's incredible how effective they are with their pain and mm. that's kind of silly to say but right that we have to be in this situation. And I've been reading some anecdotes on Twitter. There was one dad that his daughter asked for different shoes. And her dad thought that she was just being bullied or someone didn't like her shoes, but apparently she didn't want her shoes because it was light up. And she was scared that if there was an active shooter that the Skechers shoes would light up. And oh my that gosh. would push. And That's... It's, it's sad that we have to prepare elementary, middle school, high school students for this kind of pain right. and this kind of trauma in high schools, in elementary schools, in the school setting, that they're just trying to open their minds, just try to get an education. Right. And they have to fear for their lives, that their family has to be scared that they might not come home one day. So the first event that is scheduled is for March 24th. It is a protest at the White House, I believe. It'll be or, in D.C. Yeah, it'll be in D.C. It's called March for Our Lives. So if you just search that up on Google, it'll it's pop on Facebook up. events mm -hmm. all, everywhere. And then the second one is to be staged all around the country, not just in D.C., at schools around the country. I think mostly is at high school mm -hmm. level. On April 20th is the scheduled National Walkout Day, which is the 19th anniversary of the Columbine shooting. And so many, mostly high school students, plan to walk out of school for 17 minutes uh, at 10 a.m. that morning. Just sit outside of school. There's, I don't think there's a plan to like leave completely. Just <laughs> walk out and sit outside of school 17 minutes, I think a minute for each victim at right. the Parkland shooting. Just to show that these kids are in solidarity with high schoolers around the country for this. And we'll be watching both of those. And I plan on going to the March for Our Lives, actually. Oh, yeah, but absolutely. we'll see March 24th and April 20. If you feel that there should be change in mm. whatever way right. you might think, it's good to get your voice out there and talk about it rather than it keep happening. Because personally, I don't think the status quo is working and any right. change would be helpful in this case. Yeah. 
And there was also, as you were talking about the White House, uh, there were 75 to 100 teams who were holding a lion at the White House earlier today mm-hmm. to show that this isn't going to be something that'll just breeze by in the media cycle, that mm-hmm. this will stick around. We'll be right back after this break. Thank you for listening. You're tuned in to The Spin Room on WGMU Radio. Live on Mondays from 1 o'clock to 2 o'clock p.m. Listen to great interviews, informative talks, and find out ways to get involved on and off campus. We have a great interview ready with friend of the pod, actually, and co-editor-in-chief of For the State, Fariha Rahman. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining us, Fariha. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to do this. So <laughs> a great way to start off the Monday with you guys in the spin room. Absolutely. Aww. We're so excited to have you here. So first, before we dive in, can you just give us some background? What do you do around campus? Tell us about yourself. Sure. Um, so this is actually my last semester at Mason, unfortunately. Well, Amazing. Oh. It's, it's exciting and it's a little sad. Just a little because, bittersweet. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've been able to meet so many great people just in my last two years here that now that I've finally made friends, I'm leaving. So <laughs> <laughs> I've met a lot of great people through student media, which is where I've spent a lot of my time the past couple years. So as you mentioned, I'm co-editor-in-chief of Fourth Estate right now. But before that, I was involved in the paper in other ways, and I was also um, in Society of Professional Journalists as the president. Done a lot of really awesome things here, and um, I'm well. I'm excited to see how everyone else picks it up after after I leave. So, <laughs> so you said that you're currently the co-editor in chief of the Fourth Estate, yes, which is Mason's premier student newspaper. So, what does your job exactly entail? So um, in the beginning, last semester, a lot of it was actually trying to build our team. Mm. Um, We had to make sure we had um, all of our editors, and that's really when everything started to pick up. Now we're at a place where we're um, coming out with a paper every Monday with really minimal issues. So, and honestly, it's it's really a collaboration with all of the editors involved. Um, The team relies on each other to get their parts done. So I'm just lucky enough to be able to work with all of them to uh, um, bring out the paper every week. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So you said that you kind of had to start from scratch at the beginning of this year. How have you seen the paper grow since you began as co-editor? Yeah, so um, I can't remember exactly how many editors we started off with, but we we're kind of in a limbo space where a lot of the editors had graduated the year prior. So we didn't have an art director and um, we didn't have a lot of other positions filled. A lot of people were kind of trying it out and then we decided on giving them the official position. So um, now I believe we have about 10 editors permanently. Oh, wow. Um, wow. And it really took us a whole semester to get to this spot. (laughs) There's just so many working parts that we need everyone to you know do their job and they have been so it took some time to get here (laughs) how is it being the boss of that many people like you're (laughs) you're in charge you're the boss so how does it feel to be like that yeah it's really funny because I've never ever thought of myself to be able to do this kind of position luckily Catherine Mangus the director of student media she believed in me and took a chance in me 
somehow she was able to tell that I'd be able to do this. And I'm so glad I took the risk um, because it's really brought out this other side of me that I, I probably always had, but I just was never had a chance to, you know, lead or take charge. It is, it is really fun, I will say. It is really great to be able to make the decisions. Um, yeah. I'm always, I always make sure to have other people's input, of course, and I'm not the only editor-in-chief. I have Sosin, which I'm, I'm so glad to have her with me because being in charge is definitely difficult, so having her as my equal in this and being able to still have each other and kind of help out each other in different ways that I couldn't get help from other people, it makes it so much easier. I'm really glad Sosin's with me to uh, (laughs) help out with all the decision making and all of that. So like you said, you're gone after this semester, but I'm sure that you want to leave kind of an impact on Fourth Estate and Office of Student Media as a whole. So how would you like to see Fourth Estate grow after you're gone? So um, when we started this year, we were coming, we were bringing back a paper that was actually it was only eight pages bef- like last year. I think that was the average number of pages they had. Um, we were able to bring it up to 16 pages. Oh, wow. Um, and I'm really hoping that we can leave a strong foundation this semester mm. for it to be easier for our next leaders to take, take over. And we really went into the organization of things and kind of tried to make that stronger. So I think that the leaders next year will definitely, hopefully have it a little bit easier than Sosin and I did. And we'll be able to keep up the goal of having 16 pages, um, keeping in mind the content and really highlighting what's happening on campus with all the awesome students we have doing really amazing, amazing things. Absolutely. Um, And yeah, so I really hope that they can keep up and make it even better, maybe make it 20 pages. I think they can do it, <laughs> whoever, whoever is taking over after. So we talk about your hopes and plans for the paper, but what are your hopes and plans for yourself after you graduate? Oh, do, don't you know not to ask any <laughs> seniors that? Not until you know, just in case you have an oh, inkling. It is February, Elizabeth. <laughs> not not until May or April should you ask a senior this question. But you know, I will give you a little bit of a uh, little bit of. info on that um so i'm definitely trying to take at least a year off before i go back into schooling um but i think i know that the kind of level i want to get to i will need more education Mm. so that will be in the future at some point but um you know i've i've really fell in love with media and news in general so I'm hoping to hear back from some places I've applied to, to get hopefully a news internship or a job even. (laughs) Yeah, I'll I'll come back in May and let you guys know all the exciting news. (laughs) Oh, please do. (laughs) As part of the media now, there has been more distrust in the media as of late. Many contribute it to the current president and administration with the mainstream media versus quote unquote, the real news. So what are your thoughts on it? Is there a way to remedy it and bring back ample support for the media? So I think something that's something really amazing that's come out of uh, the rhetoric coming from this administration related to the media is that it's actually, I think it's made us so much stronger. Um, I, I feel like the media that we have um, 
I feel like they're doing, they're really, they're really investigating um, and really making sure that there is no room for mistakes because mm. there's so much pressure on them to get it right because they have to prove all of these allegations wrong. They have to prove that they're not fake news with every story that they come out with. Um, so I, I really think they're, wor- they're just, it's making them work so much harder and it's making us better. Um, it's putting attention on the media in a way where I think that people are noticing um, what they have to go through um, just to do their job and uh, the kind of difficulties they face um, from people even in such high positions. You know, it, I feel like it's been kind of a good thing um, mm. with these kinds of uh, negative comments. And I'm really excited to see what we're going to do with this this type of landscape once we graduate into these careers too. So, right, yeah. Because um, it's definitely like, it's it would have been changing even without that kind of um, talk coming right. from the White House. Right, <laughs> kind of a blessing in disguise that helps us work harder and work better, I think. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. So one last question before we get into, you know, really hard stuff before. <laughs> uh, how can listeners get involved in Fourth Estate and what kind of people are you guys looking for? Oh, one of my favorite things to talk about. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so I am all for recruiting, recruiting, recruiting. Um, I don't <laughs> think we can ever have enough people working for us um you know like i mentioned i'm hoping that the next leaders can get our page to 20 pages so you know we need at least we need a lot of writers and a lot of photographers to make pretty pictures in our paper yeah so you can get involved with fourth estate by emailing me if you need any extra information um my email is f-r-e-h-m-a-n-3 at gmu.edu you can find me on people finder as well um but also on our website gmu fourth estate.com so gmu f-o-u-r-t-h-e-s-t-a-t-e.com mm-hmm. um and we have in um, contact info there um we're always in the student media office located in the hub on the bottom level on Fridays, that's when we're all together for production day. So that's probably best time to get there. Um, so really just reach out to any one of our editors and um, we'll get you on the list to uh, pick up stories and pick up um, photo assignments and all of that. We're really a place where we want to help you get better. We're just an extension of the journalism classes you'll have on campus. Um, and our editors really work to help you um, improve on your writing and make sure you really know what you're doing before you set out to get that story. So we're a really great environment. I know that, you know, maybe you won't believe me because I want you to work with us, but um, we have a good time here um, and we also take it seriously when we need to. Mm. Highly recommend coming and joining us. I wouldn't be a co-editor-in-chief if I didn't (laughs) believe in the paper. So please join us. <laughs> so I just wanted to clarify that yes. there aren't really any requirements for joining. As long as you have a passion to do it, as long as you're willing to do it, you guys will help out. Yes, because honestly, it's a weekly deadline. We come out with a paper every single Monday. So we need people first and foremost that are passionate and care. And they'll take the time out of their day to work on the paper. 
So if you don't feel confident in your writing, that's okay because we are um, experienced editors and we will help you improve where you need to. Um, and a lot of our writers this year are actually freshmen. Um, wow. So it's really cool how involved the freshman class is getting um, just right, right off the bat. Um, so a lot of them are freshmen didn't have article writing experience. They came in with English essay writing right. experience, which is a lot different from an article. And they've improved so much. I'm so proud of them. And they've really been taking our advice and our tips and uh, just making each article they write better. So mm. we're really an extension of the journalism classes. Mm -hmm. um, so you will improve if you join us. <laughs> awesome. Don't forget to go on fourthestate.com, you know. GMUfourthestate.com. GMUfourthestate.com. <laughs> Hit them up, guys. Okay, now this is where you really have to use your brain. Okay, we need you to answer some questions for us. Oh, okay. Number one, what is your favorite season? Oh, uh, <laughs> spring. I love the transition to spring mm. so much. We're almost there. Yes. If you so had close. one wish, what would it be? Get my dream job. <laughs> <laughs> favorite food favorite food uh chocolate that's yeah. what came to okay mind which kind of chocolate though mm, it alternates milk chocolate with hazelnuts or mm. dark chocolate sometimes i like mm. it <laughs> what is your favorite holiday holiday um so i am muslim so we celebrate eid if you don't know much about it you can look it up but that's my favorite holiday <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have any phobias Failure. Oh, oh my That's goodness. Really I think we can, all, <laughs> <laughs> we can all. We can all. No, relate I love to that the dark. One. I don't mind spiders. Really? It's, it's failure that gets me. Failure. <laughs> oh my <Yeah>. goodness. <laughs> what is your guilty pleasure? Is it chocolate? Do you have any other? Do you watch reality TV? Oh my gosh. Um, America's Next Top Model. <laughs> <laughs> the new season um, with Tyra Banks? Yes. Wow. That's what I'm currently watching. Um, I love television and I'll watch television that's bad, even. <laughs> Even, yeah, I'll watch it because it takes my mind off things. So <laughs> what about music? What are you currently jamming to? Music. Honestly, I just like anything that's um, relaxing, helps me get to sleep at night. Mm. Um, on, the, on the way to school today, we, me and my sister had a little bit of a throwback to our high school days, and we were listening to A Day to Remember. You guys what? know Pop Punk. Yes. Oh had a little bit of a throwback to get um, pumped up for Monday. <laughs> so, that is funny. Yeah, it's, it changes every day. <laughs> okay, what is your spirit animal? Spirit animal. Okay, I have a cat that I'm in love with, and I relate to him a lot. Naps, <laughs> you know, eating. <laughs> Cats are... They really, they're my spirit animal, okay. I would say. Cats are vicious, but. Yeah. Mm, you know, they're vicious, <laughs> but they can be sweet. So I like, I like to think of myself like that, too. <laughs> and one last question. Okay. So pick one word to describe your mood for 2018. Ooh. Oh, um, winning. Oh, winning hashtag is. winning. 2018 is going to be the year. We should just play. All I do is win, <laughs> win, win, no matter what. If exactly. you want to be hashtag winning, be sure to join GMU4thestate.com. <laughs> Come work yes. with Fariha, work with Sosin and such an incredible team. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Fariha, for joining us today. We Thank had a great you. time. Feel free to come back anytime. I Absolutely. will come back tomorrow. <laughs> so thank you so Sounds much for having good. me. Well, I think that's the end of our show here. <laughs> thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back on Mondays from 1 to 2 p.m. We'll see you then. All right. Peace out, people. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> Have a great one.